Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. The question tonight, have e-books and e-bibles destroyed the culture of reading and research? Here come our rules. For the motion, arguing for the motion that e-books and e-bibles have destroyed the culture of reading and research, I present to you Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo, the head of corporate communications for Ecobank Ghana and Anglophone West Africa. She's also the president-elect of the Chartered Institute of Bankers. Patricia, let me take this opportunity to congratulate you on your recent appointment as the president-elect. Maybe you're swearing in welcome and what you uh, sworn in. Congratulations, madam. Thank you. Right. I'm sure that the Institute will have make much progress under your tenure. By God's grace. Right. Arguing against the motion is another good friend of Springboard, Reverend Eric Hemek, who is a pastor in charge of ICGC Open Heavens. He will open the heavens and show us that e-books and e-vivals have not destroyed the culture of reading and research. And, and I have the blessing of having two pastors who also are multidimensional on the show Tonight, we'll be joined later in the show to give us some expert perspectives by Kobi Asma, who is the CEO of Type Company Limited and of Azalia Books. Right. So, our in-studio expert will be Kobi Asma, who will be giving us perspectives on. He's he he's handled he handles both traditional print <laughs> stuff and then also does online stuff and he'll be coming on board later to give us some interesting perspectives about the rise of ebooks vis-a-vis traditional um, writing of books and publishing of books. Let's start with the motion. We have eight minutes for Patricia to present her thoughts about whether e-books and e-bibles have destroyed the culture of reading and research. She has some thoughts that we should carry away that will say, yes, in some respects, we need to watch these spaces. Patricia, over to you. Thank you very much, Albert. Um, I, I, I think that um, reading is very, very important. It is a tool, you know, for learning and development. It is actually the springboard, you know, for any literacy program. So it's very, very important. Um, As we all know, technology is just an enabler. And it is changing our reading habits, both for good and for evil. Whilst alluding to the numerous benefits of e-books and e-bibles, I believe it has its own downsides that we need to look at which obviously inhibits the culture of reading and research. For instance, the physical book in itself, the traditional book in itself, is an attraction on its own with the cover, the color, and the essence of the book even encourage you, it even, you know, attracts you to read. The tangibility of the book in itself, you know, is, is an attraction. In e in an ebook, you must know what you want. You must know what you want to research into, you know, and therefore you you will have to go to and look for that. But physically seeing a book will obviously drive you, generate your interest, even to read that particular 
book. You know, e-Bibles, e they come in devices, as in smartphones and iPads, etc. But the other side of it is that it gets people distracted. When you are reading a, a, a traditional book or a Bible, you are less distracted. No interruptions, no emails, no WhatsApp, no Facebook. Additionally, it is expensive how many people can afford the smartphones. I mean, I don't know if the yam can, 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 can <laughs> we, we can have the um, e-Bibles and e-books on the yam phones, but how many people can afford um, the, the smartphones? So affordability is an issue. It is also data dependent. You know, we all want to save money and cut costs. However, you need data. Okay. And then also it's translated into various, you know, languages. And therefore, everybody, both the literates and the illiterates, they all have access to the information. So it's not literacy, you know, dependent. And then also, you tend to absorb more, in my opinion, you know, if you use the traditional book. Um, you tend to absorb more because you see the book, you can write at the margins, you can make question marks on areas that you disagree or you want to get more information on. So uh, that is a major plus. You are also able to open and flip pages, you know, as and when you want and compare the information in one chapter as against the other chapter. And then also you are able to focus more when you, you have the traditional book. You are able to focus more when you have the um, traditional book. You have a longer lifespan. There's a general belief that people tend to comprehend and focus more when they use traditional books. Also, you don't, you don't really strain your eyes that much. Some people are so much allergic to read, they strain their eyes, they have headaches, etc. And therefore, they are unable to read for a long time. But using the traditional book, you are able to read, you know. And then also using paper, you see the volume of the book. So you can also plan your time so well that, look, I'm reading three chapters today because you can see the volume. So it helps you also to, to plan. And then also technology can fail at any time. It can fail. Your device can fall down. You know, your battery could go low. What do you do with your e-device? It means that you cannot continue. But where you have the book, you can, you know, um, um, read anytime. And then also the e-Bible. I mean, I think that um, um, for all of us as Christians, the e-Bible helps us a lot. But if you read John fourteen twenty six, it says that but the Holy Spirit, whom the Father is sending to us, will teach us all things. And bring to remembrance all the things that we need to know. The Holy Spirit is our primary teacher. The, primary, the Holy Spirit teaches us appropriately the, the, the will of God, the mind of God, the revelation of the word of God. The Holy Spirit is supposed to daily help us and guide us. But e-books and the e-Bible has eroded, I believe, this, 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 this um, um, culture of reading and depending on God for revelation. You know, we just don't depend on the Holy Spirit anymore. We open our Bibles and we just make references. We just look at people's revelation. But we need to understand that the Holy Spirit himself, God has given us the Holy Spirit to teach us 
to teach us by reading and meditating on the on the word of God. So and the revelation that is poured, you know, into ebooks and on the internet are people's revelation. God wants to deal with us on individual basis because God knows us. He knows our frame. So he wants to deal with us in languages that we will need to understand. The the internet is good and the information I mean about the Bible is good. But the Holy Spirit should be our primary source primary source of information and revelation about about the word of God. And then also the Bible talks to us also to study, to show ourselves approved. I mean, most times now we, we are so internet dependent that as priests we don't even study the Bible anymore. Whatever we want, we just, just go in and just get the information. And I think that that is, that is not um, the best um, for us, we all know the power of the Bible. When you see the Bible as a Christian, it, it has some reverence, it has some serenity, it has some holiness. The moment you see the Bible, you are attracted to it. It corrects you, it convicts you, it encourages you. That physical Bible, you know, that is it. it, it, it depicts the power of God. And not too long ago, we saw on the internet how a car was totally bent, but the Bible. The power of God, the word of God, you know, was intact. And therefore, the tangibility of the Bible, for me, depicts the power of the word of God. It, it symbolizes God, and we can never replace it. The iPad and the smartphone has so many other things. It is not holy. It is not holy, but the Bible is holy. The, the iPad, the iPhone has other things that as Christians we wouldn't want to watch. And these are things that distract us. The Bible says that we should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. And this is one of the devices of the enemy, to distract us. Like you know, Jesus Christ left and went to a solitary place to pray. So that kind of concentration is very, very important. And we can get it once we are having that kind of one-on-one -on -one communication with God through the traditional Bible. Thank you. And that was the voice of Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo making her point so forcefully. I mean, she's giving us 12 commandments. <laughs> 12 commandments to assure us that e-Bibles and e-books have literally destroyed, destroyed the culture of reading and research. We're going to be digesting them in, in, in a minute. But before that, let me give her a chance to, to say something on, on the flip side, in favor of, of e-books and e-Bibles, just something to take away. Um, Mr. Sapo, in, from, from your perspective, I know you mentioned them, you, you implied them, but just for, for the record, your your main point in support of e-Bibles and, and e-books. For e-Bibles and Yes, e your main point I mean, in support so of handy. them. It's so handy. You get a lot of information. You know, just in, in, in one little device, you have so much that you can, you can, um, use. And it's very, very convenient. Anywhere, wherever you are, you don't need to hold too much, but you have the information in your hand. Right. You know, but life is not all about convenience. Right. What a note on which to end. Yeah. In Lemon Green, with a smile on his face, is Reverend Eric Hebeku, who wants to take on Mrs. Sapo and let us know that whether we like it or not. E-books and e-bibles have come to stay. <laughs> Reverend, over to you. Okay, I want to thank her very much for her points. I believe that 2007 was a momentous year for the iPhone and Kindle to be introduced. 
And since then, e-Bibles, e-research has become part of our lives. I know that as Christians and as people, we have moved with a lot of technology. And as technology comes back, comes forth, Christians try to adjust and uh, flow with it. E-books are becoming very popular. And uh, they may have met some kind of resistance, like some of the points she raised. For me, uh, it's very special to still smell the printed book, which is the Bible. It's, it's like she said, it's very holy. You feel the pages, you are reading it, you have that closeness. I know some people who still put the Bible, though it has not got any power by their bed and all that. But I, I realize that it, it's not everybody who might be ready to afford it. However, I personally believe that e, uh, my Bibles or hard copy books are going to not going to disappear, but they are going to be in coexistence with e-books and e-Bibles. So my, my, my points are number one, for e-books and e-Bibles, these are books that are easy to purchase. E-Bibles are delivered almost instantly. You can purchase them, download them on the app, and start reading them within minutes without leaving your chair. Normally, you have to go to the bookshop to buy them and wait for some days and weeks and sometimes or month for it to be mailed. If you are buying, if you are buying it on, uh, online uh, for the physical, I remember recently I've been looking for a book to read, and uh, a friend promised to get it for me. There was a delay, so all along, just one day, I just felt like going on Amazon, and I found a book that I downloaded. I'm reading the book right now, and I just told the guy, just give me the hard copy. I was still putting in my library. So for, for it's easy to purchase. Number two, it's time-saving and mobility. Tablets can hold hundreds of textbooks on one device, other files, even iCloud storages in the heavens where they keep them, which we can move at any, any, to any part of the world to download them anywhere you need them. And you may not need physical storage or library shelves or uh, um, bookshelves on your wall. They can fit into a small device, a company, wherever. You can sit in a local coffee shop to drink. As you are reading for your coffee, you are reading. As you are on the plane, you are reading. As you are in the bus stop, you are reading. And it really helps. Number three, it supports cross-reference and multitasking. Every English dictionary, in the, there are several English dictionaries in the e-reader, which allows you to look up at the word when you come across it. You Turning to go and flip another book to look at it. So it gives you access to information very easily. And it helps you to be a little bit more productive than you going around and picking books and pulling them here and pulling them there. But in one sitting, you could still do all your research and all that easily. So I, I say that e-Bibles and e-books are life enhancers. Now, there's accessibility of information and it's friend, user-friendly. Um, you, if you need any kind of information, for me as a pastor, when I'm dealing with a, a subject or a topic that I'm having difficulty in getting understanding, I only go on Amazon probably, download the, the information I want, read about it, study about it at any time. So it's very easily accessible and it's a great asset in writing essays, in preparing sermons. And it's easy for you to copy and paste than to type. So your downtime of preparing sermons also comes to help because you go online and that. Then the other aspect of it is that you, it's, you are, it has a readability because um, um, what happens here is that you, you can be able to increase the fonts. I know that she mentioned about the fact that sometimes the e-Bibles and the e-books affect the eyes. But as our eyes are not very strong, you can also increase the font, choose the font style you want, which you are used to, 
which is appealing to you and change your books, uh, print size and everything for you to read without glasses, if possible. So these are my points that I want to uh, make. Before I summarize your, your, your points that you've both made, let me ask you to also give us your, count, your, your argument in support of the motion that e-Bibles and e-books have destroyed the culture of reading and research. Uh, I think that uh, uh, for one thing is that the major challenge we have is that we have a generation of people who are very, very addictive to certain um, uh, apps and uh, certain um, uh, kind of pages. I was reading something on Forbes and in the, said that in America, every 12 minutes, people go on, on Snapchat and Instagram. So here you are, the person, if you're in church or the person is reading, and as soon as he's a bit less busy, he flips into that page to look at that. So I think that uh, for some reason, um, um, uh, the e-books and the e-Bibles and the iPads have their downside. And if people are not disciplined well, they can. I also feel that when a child is trained to know how to read from the early age till nine before they start handling gadget, because nowadays our kids are the age of nine, 10, 12, in their teenage years, they know all the my, my daughters know how to operate the DSTV stuff in my house than I do myself. Everything else. Everything else. They know how to. And sometimes I ask them, how do you do this one? It's because of their, their, their generation. Yeah. So they are really distracted. So I think that as much as e-books and e-bibles are good, these are the other sites. And sometimes I had a complaint from somebody that when I was in service preaching, somebody was Snapchatting whilst I was in service. So it has its, its other side. Right, so let's get a summary of the thoughts of our resource person so far. I've been, I've been just trying to capture everything that you've said because for those who may join us halfway through, they don't want to miss out any point right here on Springboard, your virtual university. So the argument that we've been having or the motion that you have been speaking to tonight have e-books and e-bibles <coughs> destroyed the culture of reading and research. Speaking for the motion, Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo. Her points, her main points, number one, the layer of physical attraction when you hold the Bible, you feel closer to God. Number two, tangibility. She says the third point is that if you don't know what you want to research into, you could hold, you could have the e-device and not even know where to start from. That's a point that I'm sure Reverend Hermeku will, will dispute very strongly. The fourth point she made, one that her, her, her competitor alluded to as well, is the possibility of destruction. She says that while you are reading, you could be interrupted by emails, WhatsApp, Facebook, etc. The fifth point is that in her opinion, e-devices are expensive and limit access. She says it is data dependent, and so if you don't have data, you could be cut out. The sixth point is about the ability to absorb more right on the margins, highlight the points you are interested in, open and flip the pages you want, and compare chapters if you want to. Her seventh point is the physical presence. She says the, the, the physical pressure. She says it can have pressure on your eyesight when you are reading the e-devices. The eighth point she's making is about technology can fail you at any time. The battery can fail you. And at that point, our battery almost failed. But, but we resisted. <laughs> the ninth point she made is that the Holy Spirit is it's a spiritual point that the Holy Spirit is a teacher and while e-Bibles provide an information glut there is a possibility that it could affect the culture of depending on God for direction and for instruction in his word because you have access to other people's revelations and other people's thoughts the 
the next point she makes is about study and she says that the reverence the sincerity the serenity of traditional bible it depicts the power of god she alludes to a situation where a whole house got bent and the, and the physical bible remains she says there is something in the print and so those were her points she concluded with her her, her, her points for the motion by saying that it is also possibly um, a, a device of the or, or, or the or one of the schemes of the enemy to keep our eyes off the scriptures and to be distracted. Um, on her supporting points um, against the motion, as it were, she says that she agrees that it is handy, um, it has information, a lot of it, and it's convenient, but life is not always about convenience. And those are the points of, of Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapple. Now, Reverend Hermeku argued against the motion. He, he traces the emergence of Kindle and he starts by saying that e-books and e-bibles are easy to purchase and are delivered instantaneously and at once. That means that right where you are sitting, you don't even have to stand up, you can get them to read right away and, and, and you sometimes have to wait for months before a book ordered online can get to you. He talks about time savings and mobility. He says um, it also allows for storage and you don't need physical storage and shelves. The third point is that it supports cross-reference and multitasking at the coffee shop, at the airport, on the plane, wherever. Um, he talks about um, dictionaries in the e-reader e that allow you to do cross-referencing at any point. He talks about um, their life enhancers and he talks about accessibility of information and being user-friendly. He says he can download what others have said, he can copy and paste and therefore, the sermon preparation process is far easier with e-devices. He talks about readability and the fact that you can increase the fonts and adjust anything to help you read um, the e-readers. In, in favor of the motion, he says that from the research that he has read, every 12 minutes, people go on Snapchat and Instagram and for that reason can potentially get distracted even when he himself is preaching. He talks about discipline. Without discipline, what is supposed to be an enabler can be a problem. And the final point he makes, train up a child in the way he or she should go and get them some foundation in reading before you open them up to devices. Let me go over to Kobi Asma, the CEO of Type and the promoter of Azalia Books, who is patiently waiting to bring us some perspective. Hello, Kobi. Good evening. Good evening, Albert. How are you, my brother? I'm blessed and highly favored. And you? Well, I'm, I'm very well. We've been debating the subject I know is very dear to your heart. Let's start by giving us... I, I know you speak both for and against because you have a wide spectrum, but give us some some information, some statistics, some perspective on this all-important subject. Yeah, uh, thank you very much, Albert, for giving me an opportunity to share my thoughts on this all-important subject. And I'm sure you know that I'm very passionate about this when it comes to the interference and disruption of the industries by technology, and particularly with regard to books. I would say that I've really had an exciting time listening to both um, Reverend Mrs. Patricia Seppo and Eric Hemeku, Reverend. It's exciting to me because um, it's one that I battled for so long and I decided to let myself go. And when I let myself go, I discovered so much to my surprise that technology is actually an enabler. It doesn't come to uh, destroy anything, but depending on your posture, you can actually enjoy the, the benefits. The effect and benefit of this depends on your point of view. And 
I believe that your process should be one that will seek the benefits there is. So I personally use both. I don't depend on the, the traditional Bible all the time, and I don't depend on the iPad. I mean, even though I'll go for iPad any day, you'll be surprised to find that I will never take it to church. Why? Because of a personal, uh, my personal disposition. I know that one of your panelists suggested that it's, it can be a distraction, and I know that it could distract me, that in the middle of a service, someone could maybe send me a WhatsApp, someone can maybe send me a message, an email, you could stray into wanting to know what is happening. So in order to stay focused, I decide to put away, dismantle all the benefits that the iPad will offer me, and just uh, sink my head into my Bible, my traditional Bible, so I can focus on the word that I'm receiving. Um, secondly, the thing I also say is that the ebooks not text. We have the audio Bibles as well, which has come to help me personally because I can't take my traditional Bible and read whilst I'm driving. I drive more than maybe four or five hours a day. And all that time, what I've left to do is maybe to tune into the radio and listen to what politics. But if I want to maybe soak myself in the Word of God, I'll listen to audio books, audio Bible. And that way, you have no idea how much information you can download into your system within the one hour, two hours that you are driving. So you can leave the whole world behind you and soak yourself in Scripture. I'm excited about e-books, secondly, because I think that just as Reverend Hamaku said, you can download instantly. It doesn't destroy trees. Um, you can actually do cross-referencing. Uh, I can't carry books along wherever I go. If I travel, I can't carry the traditional Bible or traditional books along wherever I go. But with books on my tablet or my phone, if I find myself in an obscure place where I need to make reference or I need to occupy myself fruitfully, I can actually sink myself, my teeth, into the books. And so... It, it becomes very convenient wherever I am. Ebook uh, libraries are open 24 hours a day. And so I, if I need a particular book, I don't need to wait for the library to open or the bookshop to open. I can decide that at midnight I want a book to read and I just do that. You might also not have access to everything. But when you are using the Internet or, for that matter, ebooks, just using uh, keywords, you can find the thoughts across the world. And so you have access to material that is all over the world. And one has to be disciplined to know that these are thoughts that are coming from other places. And just as Mrs. Patricia Sacco said, you have to wait for your revelation to interpret what scripture is actually given to you. And so you are careful to discipline yourself to know that you have instant access to information that is not restricted. That is open. That is across the globe. And so it comes to me as something that is of benefit. The posture of many people in many places is that this technology is coming to shift what they are traditionally known to be doing. Like for me being a printer for over 30 years, you can just imagine that uh, 
I just wake up and discover that technology was invading my space. Material that usually I'll print now has gone inversions. But I had to decide that this is an enabler. This is a game changer. What is in this that I can apply to my profession, my career, that I can benefit from? So lately, you see, we're using uh, technology to manage our security, our banking, our printing, uh, pharmaceuticals. They've invented our space. And it's not only in scripture or Bible or books that we see technology invading. It's invading everything that we do. And the earlier we embrace it and know that it has come to stay and it's coming to help us, the better. Albert, you remember in the past few years when Facebook and social media came up and we all argued and said that we would not allow employees to log onto Facebook. Now we have opened the floodgates and allowed them to use it to market companies. Almost every company now has a, a social media account. And that is as a result of the disruption that has come. Now we, we see banks um, trying to interface with telcos and finding out what they can do because they've realized that their space has been um, invaded by telcos. So what can they do? Otherwise, their banking halls will be taken away. They are now taking advantage of it and deciding that, look, let's come together and build something that is robust. So right. for me, in, in short, I think that if you talk to they tell you that it has come to expand their scope. Anybody who says that as a result of e-books or uh, as a result of technology, they reduce their appetite to read or research. I guess those people didn't even start reading. They are not readers in the first place. But if you're really a reader, you will discover that you enjoy reading wider. You enjoy reading even material that otherwise you wouldn't have access to. So these are my thoughts, Albert. And they, were, and they were captured very succinctly on this program. Thank you very much, Kobi Asma, a printer with over 30 years of experience, bringing both dimensions of the argument to bear. Kobi, we thank you so much. You're welcome. Right. So he's been making the point. He's been supporting both the points for and the points against. And as I said, this is not about winning or losing. It's more about throwing light and helping us appreciate the various dimensions. The, the, the point he made basically was that let's start from the platform of instead of fighting the intrusion into our space or the interference into our space and accepting technology as an enabler and something that will not go away. And then he speaks about the fact that traditional Bibles, this no matter what he has on his iPad and everything, he will take his traditional Bible to church because that is what works for him. He talks about accepting what works for you best as a person and working with that one. He makes a couple of very interesting points about e-books and e-readers. Some were confirmations of what have been said already, but the two he introduced that were missing from the earlier debate. One was one of them was about audio and audio Bible. So he talks about the fact that you can listen to them. The audio allows you to multitask in a big way. Then he talks about the environmental impact, destruction of trees, something that we didn't capture in our original discussion. And that is a very important point that he adds to the debate. Let me let me come back to the studio and get a couple of 
a couple of comments on what Kobe has said, and then I'll bring on one more expert on the line just for us to have some more perspective as we work our way around the idea of e-books and e-bibles. I have, a, I have quite a number of comments on Facebook, and I'll be standing by to bring them to you in a minute. But quickly, in a minute, um, Reverend Sapo, interesting points that um, Kobe makes about really finding what works for you so now let me come directly at you outside the debate do you use do you use ipads and e-readers and e-bibles yes i do i do i do and i mean it's it's necessary in in this current world you 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 have to move on with technology so 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 i i i do totally agree what is important for us is to be very disciplined right you need to have a purpose and you need a hybrid of the two, you know, both the traditional and the E. Right. And more so, I mean, like, I mean, we have digital immigrants mm-hmm. and we have the digital natives. The younger ones that were born into the digital world. God mm-hmm. said to Moses, what do you have in your hands? So whatever we have, God will use it in his own way mm-hmm. to minister to us. So for those who were born into the digital world, that is what they know. They are the digital natives. Yeah. So they'll grow with it and God will use it anyhow. Yeah. For those of us who were born, you know, yeah. pre-digital, yeah. we are migrating. Yeah. All the same, we'll find our way into the digital world yeah. and then we'll just move on. So I think that it should be a combination of the two, both digital and we take advantage of the two worlds right. to enhance our Thank lives. you very much. I think that the, the, the new the new addition to the lexicon, digital natives mm-hmm. and digital mm-hmm. immigrants. Mm-hmm. Let, let me talk to you. Let, let me talk to you. digital fugitives. Oh. <laughs> running away from the <laughs> <laughs> I have some fugitives on, face, on Facebook. I don't know how they manage to find themselves there, but they are protesting through Facebook that they don't want to hear anything about this this virus investing. But let me speak to one of the digital immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Eric, let me find out from you. The issue of distraction has come up from all three of yes. you, both yourself and um, Reverend Sapo, as well as Kobi Asma. One, one, one word, one, 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 one train of thought that has come through all three is the need for discipline, discipline. and the reality of distraction. Speak to that subject once again. I, I think that the discipline is very because personally, I have on my decks in the office, I have my Bible. If I have using that Bible for the last 19 years, I call it my screw. And any time I'm in a service and I tell them to bring my screw, it means that <laughs> things are going to release. So when you're in a prayer service, because I have marked that Bible in strategic ways. I have my, my second edition of it. So I still use the Bible. And when I'm preparing my sermons, I still use it. But and it helps me, like she said, there's some kind of um, holiness around. Anytime that Bible is carried, it's very old. I've changed the cover, I've mended it, but I still love that Bible so much. However, the major thing, like we are saying, is a distraction because everybody gets distracted. I think one of the clear things that he's also said, which I would like to say, is that is that is the the audio Bibles because when you listen to the audio, it really helps you. Can drive for long hours. And you're just following the text. And virtually, you follow the, um, um, the, 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 the reader. And you, you get the picture, you get the, the story. So I would say that the major thing is that but the discipline. Because like he said, when he goes into the church, he buries himself in the Bible and forgets about every other thing. And that's what we must all develop. Because especially in church services, and sometimes when you are even on your iPad, because of the notifications, you could be doing a research 
and somebody could just distract you and it could take you off for a long time before you come back to your work. Let me let me just bring this another point home that mm. that again will extend mm. even you mm. in a different direction. So you, you both seem to be converging on the fact that in the middle of a, a, a spiritual experience mm. in church, data should not be on mm. and you shouldn't be depending too much on your on your e e readers, e Bibles mm. and so on. Um, a few years ago, an Anglican priest mm-hmm. put a notice at the entrance to his service and said, please retweet my message. Ooh. And it was at the entrance to the church. And at that time, this discussion was not as rampant as it is now. It was a revolutionary thought that had not occurred to many. Mm-hmm. And so the BBC went there to interview him and they asked him, why are you doing this? I mean, the traditional church says, put off your phones before you enter. Why are you saying, retweet my message? And his, his response was very simple. He says, the Great Commission says, you should preach, you should preach to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, <laughs> and the uttermost parts of the world. Looking at his church, the number is too small, and he thinks his message is good. So technology can allow him at the same time to preach to several thousands of people or millions because if he depended only on a small church, his message wouldn't reach far. And it created a huge discussion on the BBC. And the guy was interviewed. He became a celebrity at once. But the point comes back that today, in a very, very sophisticated church, while the message is being preached, yeah. it is being streamed live across the world. People are using their devices to broadcast the message across the world. I think that it's become a very robust way of engaging the world with well, the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, just to bring another dimension, it is possible that even you, who is supposed to be arguing against the motion, the reality on the ground is even stronger than, yeah, than what true. you think. Maybe let me allow Patricia to speak to that issue. Um, but let me bring on board um, maybe let me get Patricia's thoughts and then I'll bring on board one more expert. Patricia, what do you think about this idea of the service being streamed live, technology being used to beam, sometimes even without the permission of the of the pastor, the pastor. service being streamed live, people have a little device you don't even know it, you can't see it, but it is just moving the service to Philippines Russia, Dubai, countries that otherwise would never get the gospel Patricia, your thoughts on that one? That, 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 that is what it has to be we have to preach the word to the uttermost part of the world. Okay, so that is what technology is helping us to do. So I do concur that, you know, it is important and it is necessary at this time because the gospel must go out. People need knowledge, you know, to grow and to develop. So, I mean, that is my thinking. Right, right. A month ago, this subject emerged on one one whatsapp group that i have the privilege of being on and it was an interesting debate because that group is full of pastors and there was such a huge debate and it was divided right through the middle pastors and a number of other christian christian people some those who were the technology are they natives <laughs> the natives <laughs> and inside it and, the and then there were the fugitives and then there were also the immigrants and, and, and the crossover post sat in the middle. Let me bring on board one of them to give us some perspective. Fifi Donko will tell us his own perspective about technology as a Christian, watching the old and watching the new. Fifi, good evening and welcome to Springboard. Good evening. Fifi, I'm sure when this discussion was taking place at first, you never, you never imagined that it would be so big on radio, being, being heard across the world. But what are your own thoughts on this subject? Yes, very interesting. Um, briefly, uh, let me tell the whole world how I came, you know, in contact with this 
in, in the first place. I mean, I'm a software developer. You know, that's why I, I do for a living. And uh, I, I had actually had initial thoughts of this myself because in my personal Bible study, I figured that there were times that I would want to find something and I knew how easy it would be with software, you know, but I, in fact, my initial thought was, let me build something that will do this myself. I mean, my, my first thought was to build an e-book, uh, an, an e-Bible myself. But I realized that I did not have the raw text, you know, of the Bible anywhere. I couldn't find it anywhere. So once, this is years ago, I actually um, was sitting across a table from Reverend Abu Bako, and uh, we were talking about something else. And you know, I realized that every now and then he would refer to his computer when he was, you know, making reference to Bible verses and all that. So I asked him, hey, what are you, you know? And anyway, to cut the long story short, there was this software called eSword, which he had on his desktop computer. And he was using that, you know, for reference. And he, he, he gave me the link to it. I went home. I downloaded it, installed it. And to cut another long story short, my Bible study life was never the same again. Now, fast forward, you know, at that time, I mean, all this mobile technology and all that was not there. So we had to do all this on the computer. Fast forward a few years, mobile technology comes in. This is everywhere. Everybody has it. Now, the issue becomes one of attention in church. I mean, I think that's what just about everybody complains about when they talk about the cons of this system. As a software developer, I'd say that, first of all, the way we think as software developers is that if there's a problem, solve the problem. Don't throw the baby away with the bathwater. So if it's about distractions, I can tell you that now there are so many ways that you can cut off those distractions if you want to, besides personal discipline. Now, I have personally actually got to the point where now I don't even turn off my data anymore when I'm in church. Because let me give you let me give you half a minute to wrap this one up and then we'll right then Uh, uh, I don't know if you want to ask a specific question there's one very specific Uh point I would like you to speak to before you go off the one about Uh the Equiapim Bible that's the one that made my day tell me something about that one just to go yes yes that's that's okay (laughs) let me bring that into actually um, I actually have the tree Bible on my on my um, phone. And, you know, I, I am in uh, a branch of our church, which is, you know, relatively rural. I mean, it's not very rural, but relatively rural. Now, so we read G and, you know, all that stuff. A lot of people, you know, they hear the way I speak English and all that. And they say, oh, yeah, this is our Sam boy, you know, he's probably born in UK and whatever and all that. Anyway, there was once that the regular reader, you know, tree reader did not come to church. And uh, the pastor wanted, you know, somebody to read. And I said, yeah, okay, let me read it. And I actually had this Equiapim Tree uh, Bible on my phone, which I had downloaded and actually paid for, unlike the other ones, which I actually got for free. But I wanted it, and so I paid for this one, you know. And I read the tree, and everybody was surprised. And I was like, yeah, you know, suddenly they knew a different side of me. But 
Fifi, we need to do this again, but I can tell you one thing. The note on which you've ended is the one that has made my day. The tree, the we need to talk about this again. So we will bring you on board this discussion another time and get some more detail for from you. But thank you so much for bringing this perspective. There's a lot I can say about this subject. Indeed, indeed, indeed. But I, I, I'm glad you're enjoying it on your virtual university. Yes. Right. That was Fifi Donko, a software developer, bringing his own personal experience um, to bear on this discussion. I tell you something, we could go on all night, but we just will wrap this one up in a minute. Let me allow the two reverends in the studio to take us home. One minute for you, one minute for you. Um, like I said, technology is an enabler, and we have to take advantage of technology. You know, we also should not lose sight of the fact that, you know, the traditional Bible or traditional books have their, you know, um, um, benefits. We should ensure that we are well disciplined in what we do. We should have a purpose and we should have a focus in whatever we do. And we use the two of both worlds, you know, to enhance our lives in whatever we do. Thank you very much. Let's go on to Reverend Eric Hermeko to bring us home. I, I, I would say that we should just train our children the way they should grow up in reading. I have, my daughter is on is using a website called WhatsApp, WhatPad. And apparently they read stories and they write stories. And I was amazed. So she gets reads on the phone and she's also writing stories to put up there, which is very good. So but the culture of reading has been calculated before the children get into get get, get to all uh, gadgets. Right. Because if you don't know how to read, you don't want to read on a gadget. All right. And so that brings us to the end of Pros and Cons, the second edition. And my guests tonight have been Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo and then Reverend Eric Hermeku. They've brought us very interesting perspectives. We are joined online by Kobi Asma and Fifi Donko, who held us with some expert advice on the subject. God bless you and God bless you. On behalf of Comfort, Amos and Matthew, my name is Albert Okran. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 Zero, zero, zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, oh, oh.